0: How many of you here, you have kids. You have kids. wave at me. Some of you have younger kids, some of you have older kids. Um, some of you have one child. Throw your hand up if you have one. Throw your hand up if you have two. Throw your hand up if you have three. Throw your hand up if, they, if you have four. Just pray for all those that have four. They raise their hand just now. We salute you. We salute you. Um, man, kids are such a blessing, but when kids are little, you have to always remind them to do things. Am I right? You're always reminding them. They are not like two or three years old and thinking, you know what, I need to brush my teeth every single day. They're not thinking, I need to take a bath every single day. They're not thinking that at all. And when they get older, there is this point where you're like, hey, now you gotta do this on your own. If you don't brush your teeth or if you don't take a bath, you're going to be called stinky at school. You know? It, it is a thing that you need to do, and it's a sign of maturity. When it, I mean, it just, it just fills my heart with joy when our kids get to a certain age and they're putting on their own deodorants. It is just it's heavenly. Why? Because they're getting mature. They're realizing if I want to maintain health, hygiene, if I want to be a, um, a good citizen, I'm going to need to actually take a bath, you know, and, and it's one of those things where before long, you don't have to tell them, hey, you need to eat, they will just go in the fridge and be like, it's breakfast time, I'm fixing some cereal, that's a great day. Lunchtime, they fix themselves to eat. Why? Because they're becoming mature. They're becoming little, they're already humans, but little human women and men. They're becoming like a person that is mature. And this is a great day for a parent. This is a great day for a parent because they're doing things on their own. And we see the same for us as Christians. That as Christians, It shows maturity when we daily do things for our relationship with God. If we don't daily take a bath spiritually, we're going to spiritually stink. If we don't daily eat spiritually, we're going to spiritually starve. And in our walk with God, at first, when we come to God, people are spoon-feeding us right, giving us milk when we first come to God, but there is a moment of maturity when we have to begin to feed ourselves and do things for ourselves to be able to stay alive spiritually. It's a sign of maturity. You know, you never want a six-year-old walking around with a diaper. something wrong with that. You don't want, you don't want You're a 13 year old still sleeping in the bed with mom and dad, right? There's something wrong with that. And just like when we give our lives to God, there is a natural progression of us becoming mature in Jesus. Jesus said this He said, If you wanna follow me, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me daily. Say daily. There are daily things that we have to do that are not strenuous there are, it's not a headache, it's not hard. Some of you, listen, how many of you, when you were younger, your parents had to tell you to go to sleep? Now you're like, can't wait to go to sleep. Why? Because you realize the benefits, right? You can't wait to take a shower and go to bed. How many of you enjoy a good shower or a good bath? Moment of silence, parents. Right? Right? And because you realize the benefits of it and the things that we have to do spiritually, there are, there, it's not like this obligation. It is, a, it, is like a, it is this right that we have that we get to enjoy. And so Jesus said, if you want to really abide and follow after me, they are these daily things that you must do. And so, you know, Jesus even spoke. He said, you know, I am manna from heaven. Now, the backstory of what manna is, is the Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, they were going from Egypt to the promised land, and in the middle was the wilderness. Say wilderness. The way that God allowed them to survive at a point of time in the wilderness was that they literally, God literally rained down, it was like cornflakes from heaven. This was awesome. It was on the ground, and the Israelites would have to eat that daily. They could not put it away and save it for the next day, or those cornflakes would turn into worms. So God said, I want you to eat of this daily, and this is how you're gonna get uh, nutrients. And Jesus always, God always uses the Old Testament to show us who Jesus is. And when Jesus came on the scene, he said, I am the manna from heaven. In other words, you need to eat of me and my word daily to be able to survive. And in our life, how many of you know that we need to feed on the word of God? We have to feed on who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? Jesus is God's word in the flesh. So when I'm reading God's word, I'm actually getting close to Jesus because it's his words that are coming into me, right? So this is the third, the first R I want you to write down. The first R for remaining, first R for remaining. How many of you wanna be fruitful? Come on, wave at me. How many of you, this is the year of fruitfulness? Fruitfulness in your finances, fruitfulness in your marriage, fruitfulness at your job place, fruitfulness in everything that you put your hand to do because you begin to realize that I get to remain with the creator of the universe. Number one R is renew your mind daily. Renew your mind daily. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned, at a place of power, honor, and authority. Listen to this. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. This is what God's saying. There is a reality of who you are in God but you have to get rid of the distractions and come into reality. See, this is just an earth suit. This only lasts for a little while. This is a dressing room for eternity. But what is real is your spirit being alive with God. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are a spirit, you are a spirit man. God made us in his image. Just like there's a father, son, Holy Spirit, you have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. A spirit is who you are. The soul is your mind, will, and emotions. Now, God is saying, God is saying, what you have to do to recognize who you are as a spirit man connected with God is to renew your soul. Say that with me, renew your soul. The first part of renewing your soul is renewing your mind. If you can renew your mind, you can renew your emotions. If you can renew your emotions, you can renew your will. How many of you know that God has given us his word to renew our mind? Now, listen, you know, some of you, you might be engaged, and when you get married, it might seem a little weird. First, you're living in two separate places, possibly, and possibly you have different bank accounts, Possibly you like the toilet paper going over the top side, not the back side. You know, there's little things that you like, how to fold the towels. You're not really noticing the clash of coming together. But the truth of the matter is that when you come together, even if you don't feel like you're married, you're married. There's benefits to that. Marriage has great benefits, but there is a union in here. When you give your life to God, you might not feel like you're one with God, but you're married. You might not feel the reality of God, but there is a reality that you have to understand and shut out the uh, distractions and see the reality of who you are in Jesus. How many of you want to see that reality? And the only way that we see that reality is by renewing your mind. One of the greatest gifts uh, for Christmas that I got, Leah got me these AirPods, right? These AirPods are amazing because they have something called noise cancellation on them. So when I'm in the house and I need to study or pray, it doesn't matter if there's kids running around, rollerblading in the middle of the room, yelling and screaming, TV on. I can put this noise cancellation on and have a wave sound on, and somebody can be right behind me yelling, and I can't hear them. How many of you know that's of God? It's just of God. Yesterday, I was getting away and praying, so I went in my room, and uh, I locked the door, and I had my uh, noise cancellation. I have a picture of that on the screen See that little button right there? That little button will change your life forever. Noise cancellation. And I was in my room and I didn't know it, but Honor caused my phone like panicking. She's like scared. She's really concerned. And she said, hey dad, where are you? I'm like, I'm in my room. She said, mom's been banging on the door for three minutes and you haven't answered the door. She was concerned like I had a stroke or something. And uh, it was just I had that noise cancellation. And in the same, if you want to renew your mind, you need to have some noise cancellation. You have to get with God and be by yourself and really get to see who you are in God. Because from the very beginning of time, the serpent with Adam and Eve. Now think about this. Adam and Eve is walking with God in the cool of the day. And what did the serpent try to tell Adam and Eve? They he tried to get them to question God's word and who he was. See, every day the enemy wants you to be bombarded by questioning God's reality and who he is and what he said. And in your mind, you are conditioned because you have sin in you from Adam and Eve, you are conditioned to be condemnation based, you're conditioned to actually be motivated by fear, but in the reality of our new walk with God, we are, there is no condemnation in Jesus, and we actually are motivated by love. And if you don't watch it, you can slowly get into a religious cycle where the reality of heaven is not real to you because our mind is full of a bunch of junk. How many of you know that Jesus is our manna? We need it every day. And so we have to clear the mechanism and begin to know who we are in God. See, the Bible says in Galatians 5.1 that at last we have freedom for Christ has set us free. We must always cherish this truth and firmly, say firmly, refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Now, some of you, you might think of bondage of your past as hang-ups and things that you couldn't shake, and that's part of it. But did you know another bondage, what Paul is actually talking about right here in Galatians, the bondage of the past was actually going back to the law. Going back to the Old Testament. Going back to performance to get God's approval instead of knowing it's the cross and his love that we already have his approval. He actually, Paul went so far to say in Galatians, he said, who bewitched you? Like who put a spell on you? At first you come to God and it's this free gift and all of a sudden you feel like that it is your works to keep it. And the reason why we have to renew our mind every day is because we will begin to say, you know what, if if I don't do this, then this is not going to happen. And part of that is true, but you have to realize that you need the grace of God to walk out a relationship with him. And so he's saying, don't get back in the bondage of thinking it is your good works that makes you right. It is actually what Jesus did on the cross that gives you right standing with him. See, when we think that it is us that has made us right with God, something very serious seeps in, and it's called pride. And the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so when we go to God every single day and say, God, I need you to renew my mind, I need you today, he will give grace to the humble. How many of you need some grace? I don't know about you, but I need some grace. I need grace to do the things that he is asking me to do. I need grace for leading my family. I need grace for leading this church. I need grace to be a leader, a leader in the community. And I guarantee you, you need grace to be a mom. And you need a grace to be a dad. And God is saying, if you really want to abide, then let's renew our mind daily. Here's some realities that we have to remind ourselves every single day. Here's some realities. Listen, I want to I encourage you to listen and feed on messages that are Jesus-based. See, when I go to the word of God, I'm not looking for myself, I'm looking for Jesus. And I know that I am in Jesus, so when I find Jesus, I will find out who I am. And the everyday pursuit is not trying to find out who you are or your own truth, it is finding out who Jesus is because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And when you find him, you will find you. As you are in Him, Amen. And so, don't feed yourself with messages and things that are fear based, because that is bondage. I would hate if my wife wanted a uh, date with me because she just felt bad all the time. Don't. Wouldn't you want your spouse to spend time with you because they love you? Let's not let. Uh, condemnation and fear be the springboard of our faith, let's let the reality of his love and truth be the springboard of our faith. He says, don't go back to bondage because it is actually Our natural tendency we want to feel right about our relationship with God look at how far we've come so now we could be the perfect Christian that points to other people that aren't doing right and judge them and God said be careful because when you point one finger you've got three pointing back at you and the way that you judge you will be judged and people will go to church feeling heavy going to God feeling heavy and it's an obligation and God saying that is not what I wanted it to be Are you heavy? Are you tired of religion, Jesus says? Come to me. Watch how I do it. See how I do it, and I'm going to give you a rhythm of grace. Listen, there's going to be a rhythm of grace in your life because you're renewing your mind daily. You're not going back to bondage and religion. You're going to relationships, seeing the reality of God. Let's put the noise cancellation on and see the reality that God loves you no matter what. See, your flesh wants to say, God's mad at me, so I need to work for his approval. The truth is, God, his love for you never changes. Say that with me. God's love never changes. Say it after me. God's love never changes. As a matter of fact, 1 John four seventeen says that God is love. God is love. Romans 5, 1 through 2, read it on your own time, but it says, God has given us permanent access to his marvelous kindness, there is nothing that you can do that will keep you out of the presence of God. I don't know about you, but that is good news. There is nothing you can do. The most grotesque thing that you can think of when you believe in what Jesus did on the cross, you have total access to the mercy of God and his presence. See, a lot of us, we're not feeling the presence of God because we have bad thinking call it stinking thinking right we have to get a bath and wash that off because the truth of the matter is you've got a vip tag the rest of your life when you've given your life to god to come boldly before his throne of grace boldly boldly to god let me tell you when you start to realize that you can boldly come to the king of kings and the lord of lords there is not a person in the earth that will intimidate you You can look at everybody in the eye because you are actually going to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How many of you are thankful for that? Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. The truth of the matter is God is good even when we're not. The Bible says he's faithful even when we're unfaithful. But it's seeing his love that will cause you to be faithful. You say, well, this is dangerous because if that, if nothing changes, God always sees me in the right light, then what does that, how can that change me from just like, what would keep me from just sinning all the time? You don't get it. When you see his love and how much he loves you, you don't want to go do the things that hurts his heart. If you're like, well, you know, you really need to be careful because if if you do this and 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 and, you know, you need to be scared that, God, you won't be able to get back here with God. And the truth of the matter is, God says that if there's still fear in there, that there's judgment coming, then perfect love hasn't made his work in you. That perfect love casts out all fear. If you want to get, see, (laughs) faith is not the opposite of fear. Love is the opposite of fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. How many of you want to see that perfect love? It is a reality of seeing that perfect love. It casts out fear. So I love my wife 100%. Why would, if, if she's like, hey, I'm here no matter what, you know what, I'm here. Would that motivate me to go do wrong things? No, because I would never want to hurt my wife. It is love that is the glue, not the law that is the glue. It is love that makes you abide and be with God. It is not, well, if I do this and I do that, and I'm scared enough, then I will be on the right track. No, no, no. You'll never find yourself having the grace to really fulfill your destiny if you have a fear-based Christianity. But if you have a love-based Christianity, there's nothing impossible for you. God loves you so much, so much, And he's a good God. David said, taste and see that the Lord is good. And when we see the realities of heaven, this is the lens that we put on. How many of you know we need to put on some lens? We need to put on the lens that God is love and God is good. Even when we do not understand, the spiritual lens that you have to put on to renew your mind is that God is love and God is good. And when you see that, you will never want to go back. How many of you say, I'm not going back? You have to realize that not only that, but we are one with him. Ephesians 2.6 says that we are raised from the dead along with Christ, seated with him in heavenly places, united with Christ. Now, this is a spiritual uh, reality that maybe we don't understand, but this is the truth. When you give your life to God, your spirit is united with God, and God is in heavenly places at the right hand of the throne, and we are united with him. So, in other words, not only does he love you, but you're one with him. When you're married, you become one. You exchange everything. When you come to God, you are one with God. So, the authority that God holds, the more that you see and have a revelation that you're one with God, the more authority that you will have as a believer. Because you will say, We are one. How many of you believe that you are abiding with him? That when you pray, when you speak, When you declare, there's power that comes, not because of your own authority, but because you are one with God's authority. Are y'all okay today? So we have to renew our mind. The more our mind is renewed, the more we will recognize God in our life. I'm going to say that again. The more that we renew our mind, the more we will recognize God in our life. Did you know that God is doing things all around us, but if our mind is not renewed, we can't even see it? God is doing things all around us, but if our mind is not renewed, we won't even recognize it. How many of you want to recognize God? This is what Romans is saying. It says, renew your mind and recognize him. Let's look at this. James 1.17. Every good gift, say good gift. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Listen to this. Everything that is good in your life has come from God. Every perfect gift that is good has come from God. Did you know there is no such thing as a self-made man? You know, the Bible says that he will reign on the just and unjust. God will bless people that are far away from him. God will. God will bless. The Bible says that he will reign on the just and unjust, but the unjust doesn't realize that it came from God. And the only way to have life is that the just, the believers, recognize that the good gifts came from God, and they realize that that good gift, now they have a responsibility to multiply that gift. Are y'all tracking with me? That a good gift comes from God. There's no such thing as a self-made man. People want to be called self-made because they want credit, but the truth is God has given you all the talents and abilities and the grace to get you you where you are right now. How many of you are thankful that God has given you grace? You know what, I think we should get in a habit of saying, and write this down, that's God, that's God. In our house, all the time when little things happen, Lee and I look at us and say, That's God. I want to encourage you to start to get in the habit of saying, Man, that's God. And acknowledging that the good gifts in your life come from God. Have you ever just felt joy and peace? That came from God. Acknowledge Him. God's given me joy. Have you ever felt forgiven and like, Man, I feel forgiven? And your mind goes, well, I've been doing pretty good. No, 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 you feel forgiven because that's God. You've got grace. Have you ever ever felt motivated out of nowhere? That's God. That's God. Like one day, you just got a lot done, you felt motivated to do things you could, that's God. Have you ever had the grace to pray? That's God. Man, that's God. Have you ever overcome that temptation? That's God. Not, man, I'm really strong. No, no, no. Acknowledge God. Acknowledge God. Renew your mind. The more you renew your mind, you will see God all around you. And the more that you see God all around you, he'll start to open up even bigger doors and show you at another level who he is. You slayed the day. You killed it that day. That's God. Hey, you got through 2020 and 2021. That's God. You did not lose your mind the last two years. That's God. Your wife forgave you. That's God. (laughs) Have you ever had a random call that somebody just called and was just like thinking about you, just to encourage you? Wave at me. You ever got that? That's God. Anybody ever give you a word of encouragement? I had a pastor friend the other day sent me a word. It, it Man, it changed my whole day. That was God. It was God putting me on his heart. That's God. I had a dream the other night of somebody in this church, and, and I called him and said, this, is, this was a dream I had of you. And he was like, you would not believe what I'm going through right now. Actually, that dream is, is confirmation of what I'm going through. A new Christian been saved for two years. How many of you know that's, that's God? God will even show up in your dreams. That's God. Lee and I, actually, this is kind of Christian nerdy thing to do, but Lee and I will actually say, that's the fog. The favor of God. That's the fog. It's the favor of God. I'm walking in the fog. I want to walk in the fog. When you start to recognize God's favor, he'll give you more. Hey, we got that hotel upgrade. That was God. That's the fog. I'll take it. You got favor with somebody in the city, that's the fog. That's the favor of God. You got that contract, you know, that you know you killed it, but you got that contract, that was God. That's the fog, you're walking in the fog. The more you will give God acknowledgement, the more he'll even direct your ways. You got that business deal, you're walking in the fog. I have gone so far to say I got that parking spot right up in front. That's the fog. Thank you, God. If I thank him for the small things, he'll know that I'll thank him for the big things. So every day I'm renewing my mind, I'm recognizing God, and as I'm acknowledging God, I am actually abiding with him. You got credit to get that house? That's the fog. You got promotion? That's fraud. You could say, man, you know, it's because I worked really hard. Yeah, there are people that work their whole lives and won't get what you get because you have the favor of God on your life. Do you know what grace actually means? It is unmerited favor. Get used to saying, that's God. It's a way that we abide. Proverbs 3.6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So the more I acknowledge God, the more he'll begin to direct me. Look at your neighbor and say that's God. Now listen to this, and this is going to bring me to my third point. Romans 8:5, and Miriam, you can come and play. We're going to close out in about 5 minutes. Romans 8:5, those who are motivated by the flesh only pursue what benefits themselves. Listen to this. Those that are motivated by the flesh Only produce what benefits themselves but those who live by the impulses say impulses of the Holy Spirit are motivated to pursue spiritual realities the mature children say mature the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit now this is a secret when I renew my mind daily and I'm actually seeing what is God, and I am thinking what is God, I am acknowledging God, it will actually give me the springboard to become mature and do something about it. I I wanna explain this correctly. I guess what I'm trying to say is, you're blessed to be a blessing. The more you acknowledge God's blessing in your life, the more you will become a blessing. Because how can I not forgive when I've been forgiven so much? That was God. How can I not help out when I've been helped so much? That was God. How come I can't give because I've been given? That was God. And the third thing is this, the third thing is this, is if we want to abide, we need to respond with worship daily. Not only do we renew our mind, not only do we acknowledge who God is, or we, we come to a place where we recognize God, but now we come into a place where we, re- we respond daily to God. How many of you know that our lives should be an offering? See, worship is not just during singing songs and lifting hands that's great but the extenuation of your worship is your life that word worship if you look at the greek and the root word of worship it is actually what you put worth in your worth what you put worth in is what you worship how many of you want to, how many of you have put a lot of worth in who god is now when i put worth in who god is I naturally worship him with my lifestyle. I'm not worshiping him just when I praise him. I'm worshiping him when I'm loving somebody that doesn't deserve my love. I'm worshiping him when I give to those that are needy. I'm worshiping him when I'm actually helping others or loving others. See, the flesh takes the blessings for themselves, but the mature actually has a response of worship for their life and i'm telling you this is when you become fulfilled this is when you become an overflow is when you say for my life for my life to 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 be able to abide and remain is to respond by how good god is in my life the more you recognize his goodness the more you will respond in impulse you will say man you will feel the generosity of God, and you will know somebody that needs some money. And God says, "Impulse, give them money. Do it right then and there." Your life will become fruitful because you are actually—it's your life is a springboard of God's love and His goodness in your life. So the fruitfulness is not just the blessings. The fruitfulness is what you give from your blessing. That's fruitful. That's overflow. On your tombstone, people are not going to remember by how much you had. People are going to remember you by how much you gave. How many of you want to live your life in that way, that you want to respond in worship? See, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And a lot of people say, well, I thought you said we don't need to fear God. That word fear is actually honor. The honoring God is the beginning of wisdom in your life. How many of you want to honor God with your life? I honor Him with my life. He laid his life down, his body torn in shreds, so that I could have access to Him. And because He gave His life for me and forgave me and helped me overcome, I give my life as an offering to Him. Not about how much I can get from God, but see. The blessings of God in your life is an indicator of who God is. What you do with those blessings is an indicator of who you are. Because you're blessed doesn't mean anything about you. God's given talents to different people and blessings to different people. What you do with that blessing says who you are to God. God gave a great illustration He said, To some I gave five talents, to some I gave four talents, some I gave three talents and one talent. And the master goes away and says, I want you to invest these talents. And the one with five came back and said, I doubled what you gave me. I gave it away. I've increased what you gave me. You know what? When you start to abide in God and you start to respond with worship, you will start to increase your relationships in your life. You'll start to increase the blessings in your life. You'll start to have a life and real wealth all around you because you decide to sow what God has given you. So the one with five talents, the master comes back and says, "Where?" What do you have? he's like, I got five more. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Same thing with the four, same thing with the three. This is what he says, Matthew 25, 23. Commending his servant, the master replied, you have done well and proven yourself to be my loyal and trustworthy servant. Because you were faithful to manage, say manage, a small sum, now I will put you in charge over much, much more. You will experience the delight of your master who will say to you, enter into the joy of the Lord. How many of you want God to say that to you? That you are faithful with what I've given you, and I'm giving you much more. Then there was one, there was one that took his talent and literally dug a hole and put his talent in and said, thank you, God, for that talent, but uh, I really don't want to use it. I don't want to lose this. I don't don't really trust you too much. I I really think I deserve this. I'm not going to really, this is is really for me. This is not for anybody else. I don't want to multiply this for you. You've got everything. Why do I need to invest this? And God was displeased with that servant, but he's saying with what I've given you, I want you to multiply. How many of you want to be a good and faithful servant? Come on, man, come on, come on. When I gave my life to Jesus, it wasn't like, I just, it wasn't like, man, let me do this religious duty. It was, you saved my life. You saved my life. Without you, where would I be? You saved me. I could be anywhere. I could be dead. I could be gone. You saved me. You came in my broken place. You came when I was down. You came in my darkest hour, and you got me out of the murk and mire, and you cleaned me off, and you loved me and believed me and gave me a destiny and a purpose and a vision and gifts and talents. You did that, God. Since you did that, here's my life. Where am I going to go? How can I live for myself now? You are my king. You are not only my savior, but you're my master. You're my Lord. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want with my time. You want me to go every Sunday? You want me to be with God's people? You want me to serve you? No problem. No problem. Tell me what you want with my time. You want, me, you want me to be a part of this? When I first got saved and I got into a church, I just thought, these are a bunch of weird people. And then I started realizing that these were precious people. And God said, this is what I want you to be a part of to make you strong. I want you to be about my church. And I said, God, if you laid your life down for me, I'll be about your thing. Sunday service, what is that? Giving you my first? What is that? My treasure? what is that, finances? What do you want from my finances? I've actually given you finances so that you can build the church. And since Leah and I first gave our lives to God and in that moment we say, God, our finances, what do you want? Because all of this I am renting. You know what immature kids say? They love this word, mine, mine, that's mine. No, give me mine, that's mine. No, mine, mine, no, that's mine that's mine. Everything is about them. It's mine. But how many of you know That this life doesn't belong to us. It is on lease. I am a debtor to the one that paid it all for me. My life is a living sacrifice to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And this is what Paul is saying. Don't live your life for yourself. Renew your mind. See who he is to you. Begin to recognize how good he is and respond with a lifestyle of worship. And that's how you'll live a fulfilled life full of joy, full of peace, full of righteousness standing with God, full of wealth, the wealthiest person in the world are those that lay their life down for the one that laid their life down for them. Come on, and if you want that today, I just want you to stand up right where you are. And there might be areas in our life we say, you know, thanks God, but I can't trust you in that. I'm putting you in the ground in that place. That is what you call a stronghold. When you even know the truth, but because of disbelief or because of untrust, you can't let that seed of truth get embedded. And I'm saying, let this be a season where we don't try to hold on to our own thing. If God says it, I believe it. If God wants it, I will give it. And I'll be in a place that I recognize his goodness so much that I'm saying, God, what do you want for me? What do you want for me? And in that day, it will not say, well done, talented, blessed, uh, cr- great credentials, all the things that you've accomplished and accumulated. He'll say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." God, what I have is yours. What I have is yours. You've got me for the rest of my life. Where would I be? Where would I be? You laid it all down. You saved my mind. You saved my emotions. You brought me where I could not go. You are the good shepherd that lays me down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. You came after me. You left the 99 and you went after the one, the one that spit on you, turned his back on you, even cursed you. You went after me. Those those times when I didn't care about you, you came after me and you loved me right where I was. Where can I go, God? I'm yours. I'm yours. Tear down every wall. Tear down every stronghold. Tear down everything that doesn't please you because I want to be pleasing to you, God, because you gave everything to me. My time, my treasure, my talent, you show me, God. Let the impulse of the Holy Spirit run my life, not the impulse of mine and my flesh, but the impulse of my spirit. When you say give it, let me give it. When you say do it, let me do it. Right now, right where you are, if you're here and you say, you know what, I need a relationship with God. I'm far away. He's right here with you right now. He loves you. He's not disappointed in you. He's not mad at you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to be one with you. He wants he wants to abide with you. If that's you today, we have a full team. It takes one prayer. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. Just say this after me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. I turn away from my own way. I want a relationship with you. Wash me clean. From this day forward, you are my Savior and my Lord. When you said that today, the Bible says that your sins go as far as the east is to the west. It is a spiritual reality in your life that the Bible says when one person turns to God, that all the heavens rejoice. There is a party going on right now for those. He wants to tell you today, God Himself wants to tell you, Welcome home. Child, I've been knocking, I've been calling, I've been waiting. Welcome home. Lord, I pray for everybody that said that prayer. I thank you that you're going to root them and ground them in your love. If you said that prayer today online or in here with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you said that prayer today, can you just lift up your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. I see your hand. I see your hand. God bless you. God bless you. you say today is the day of salvation for my life, just slip up your hand. I see your hands. You can put them down. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that this is the first day. This is the best day. This is a new day for everyone that made that decision. Now, Lord, I thank you that you're getting them involved in doing life with others, solid in your body or in your church, in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I have a second prayer for you today. If today you say, you know what, today I'm making a decision, and we're going to say one prayer. Today I'm making a decision that I am right now going to begin to say, I want to daily follow you. I'm going to daily renew my mind. I'm going to daily recognize you. I'm going to daily respond to you in the Holy Spirit. You're saying today I am seeing all that you have done for me god and today i'm making a decision that i'm giving it all to you i repent and i turn away from the things that i've been trying to withhold god is never asking for something that he's not looking to give you back 30 60 and a hundred fold he wants your heart he doesn't want you to have those things where that is your security he is your foundation he is your security He is your love. He is your shepherd. He is your wisdom. He is your vision. He is your purpose. He is your healing. He is your grace. He is your protection. He is everything to you because he created you and formed you before you were ever in your mother's room and had a destiny for you and a plan for you. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. If you're in a place today and you say, you know what? God, I give you all of me. I'm sorry for what I made it. I give it all, whatever you want. I give it all to you. Just lift your hands right where you are. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we pray. That today we make a decision to live our lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service, Lord. That we will not be conformed to the world, but we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we might prove what is the good and acceptable will of God today. And I thank you that today, in this first day of the week, that you're giving us a grace to live our lives as a living sacrifice, Lord. We can't do it. We're saying we're yielding to you, Lord, and we. We thank you that we have life from it in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe it, let's give God a shout today. Come on, if you believe it, let's say amen.